You ready? You're listening to The Real Pineapple Podcast Network. by Kevin Williamson, um, who, of course, wrote Scream. Um, this is also directed by Wes Craven. So, some interesting stuff about this movie. So, I, in doing my research, I didn't realize that part, multiple parts of the Scream 2 script were leaked online. And so, Wes Craven and company were doing and making adjustments really on the fly uh, certain days of shooting. And... I, I watched a little interview with Wes Craven about it, and he was fucking pissed about the fact that some people were doing that shit, which you can't blame him. I mean, you'd be fucking, you know, you'd be fucking mad if he, if someone leaked your hard, your hard work. Uh, so, I mean, I get it, but it was just, it was very funny to see him so salty. He was fucking angry. And again, who can blame him? So, as I, um... Actually, I haven't mentioned this yet, but if you follow me on Letterboxd, you know this. This is my favorite Scream film. I don't prescribe to the concept that there are perfect films. I just don't think... I, I think when you say that, you're setting up whoever you're recommending the film to to be disappointed. I, I just think it's too hard to say what people will think universally on anything, let alone art. But I love Scream 2. Scream 2 is a movie that maybe, I mean, oh god, I'd have to think about all the horror movies I've seen, but while I'm not a horror buff, Get Out's probably my favorite horror film ever, I just think Get Out is, again, as close to perfect as I, as I can, uh, as untainable, if you will, Scream 2's right there, it's probably my 1B, like, I love this goddamn movie, there's so much about it that just makes me happy, and that makes me go, yep, this is this is the shit, and I will say, uh, on top of that, Neff Campbell deserved a Best Actress nomination, and David Arquette deserved a Best Supporting Actor nomination. I will die on both those hills. I thought they were god tier levels of brilliant in this movie between the two of them, but I will go ahead and get into to that in a second. So, um. Basically, uh, there are two college students that are murdered at the sneak pre uh, sneak preview of a new horror film called Stab. One played by Omar Epps and the other played by Jada Pinkett Smith. And I, so I got to get this out of the way. It made me laugh very hard how it felt like Jada Pinkett Smith wasn't acting at all it felt like she was just being her very natural self because there's a point where they're going to see the movie and and uh, Omar Epps's Phil is like hey you know like like you know let's go like we're we're going to see this and she's like give me some money she just says it like that not a please can you give me some money just give me your give me some money and he goes 
I thought you had money. And she goes, I got money. I asked for your money. And I just went, man, that, that sounds like Jada, like a motherfucker, like, or, uh, <laughs> or son's friend fucker in her case. But I, <laughs> but it was one of those things I went, wow, that is, that's gross. Like, could you at least say fucking please, you fucking asshole? Um, fucking terrible, but I digress. So this has maybe my favorite opening out of all the screen for, uh, films. I, I love Drew Barrymore's opening in the first one, do not misunderstand, and that is like the most heartbreaking opening because she's so goddamn close to getting away and just seeing how she how close she was and how she doesn't make it. It's it's fucking sad. And obviously uh Jenna Ortega's uh, opening in five is incredible as well. Uh oh god, how would I rank those actually? I'd probably go for top three, I'd probably go two five one actually. I do love that Jenna Ortega opening. I think that opening is is so tension filled and 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 so well so well done. But I uh, but g- getting back to uh, the uh, to the opening here, uh, I have the note written that it disturbs me how Jada Pinkett Smith is talking to Omar Epps and how this is probably a nightly occurrence in the Smith household because J- Maureen just comes across like a total cunt. Like I was so happy she got killed. I went good. I I think you suck. I think you suck anyway. Why would why would I want you to not get killed? And I will say it's fascinating about how a town embraces the terribleness in the sense of yeah they're having the stab uh, you know sneak preview, but there are so many people who are traumatized in that town because of Ghostface in Woodsboro who are wearing. Uh, stab mask uh, mass and it's just it's such a trip to see the lack of self-awareness about what this represents and how gross Hollywood's commercialism really is and how it really knows no bounds at all what I will say though is that it's got for me my two favorite it's it has my favorite kills of an opener for the Scream franchise because first off Phil gets stabbed through the ear, through the bathroom door, which I went, holy shit. Like, it's funny that I've seen, I'd seen scary movie so many times before I started watching the screen movies back in August. So, you know, uh, 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 Sean Wayne's getting the, the, the dick through the ear. I went, oh, <laughs> ew. <laughs> and then seeing <laughs> and then seeing Phil get stabbed through the ear, I went, oh, that shit's way less funny now. God damn. <laughs> like it's <laughs> it, that it, it made me laugh. But that death is fucking brutal in the way that's filmed and the way that's taken out. And then for Maureen to be getting paranoid when Phil doesn't go ahead and join her in the theater at their seats and then her getting stabbed in the gut um you know again nothing new for jada having a man that's not her husband rearrange her guts zing but 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 wonder if he's saying hell mary but anyways but but seeing marine's death i went oh cool now we're off to the races this is gonna be fun and this is for me the best pace scream film it's the the best kills uh the best kills for a scream film the reasoning for Ghostface in particular 
is so fucking cool and sadly would still hold up in 2023, which I think is absolutely insane. So I know we've talked about her a lot, <coughs> pardon me, during this uh, whole uh, Scream film series reviews, and I just love Neve Campbell. I I'm just such a fan of hers. I mean, she's absolutely gorgeous, naturally charismatic. It's really weird she's not more of a thing. Like, like obviously the Scream movies have been amazing, like been huge for her, but she really should be doing like Oscar shit because she nails these dramatic beats in this movie playing Sydney because Sydney, Sydney now is in high school or in a college now. Um, I think they say it's her freshman year and she is a woman who's just trying to move forward from a horrendously traumatic event while still reconciling with who she thought her mom was and what she wasn't. And that in itself is a really interesting journey that the film goes ahead and continues to evolve. Uh, they don't exactly stick to landing uh, with screen three on that, but I think they do a good job of moving that subplot forward in this as well. I know I've talked about this before, but it, it really is insane how shitty <laughs> uh, the town of Woodsboro is as far as just torturing this fucking woman. She went through this traumatic event of being fucking stalked by a serial killer by people she thought she could trust and the movie has the fucking, uh, the town has the fucking balls to go ahead and harass her and it this film in particular, in particular does a really great job of just making you sympathetic uh, to Sydney. I think that's something that Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the show, also does really well because, you know, Buffy is just trying to live her goddamn life and, you know, the hell mouth is open and Angel and the soul and shit. She just, it just feels like she can't catch a break. And Sydney, she definitely has PTSD, rightfully so, considering what she went through. But she does have a new, she does have a new boyfriend uh, in this movie, which... Uh, in Derek, played by fucking Jerry O'Connell. I was like, what? Jerry, fucking Jerry O'Connell's in this? Um, so fucking cool. Like, but, and by the way, bravo. Being married to Rebecca Romaine Stamos, A. And B, being a fucking awesome Superman voice. Um, yeah, I'm a fan of Jerry O'Connell. But um, he's great in this, too. Like, one thing that I really just loved about watching this whole saga and uh, it, 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 it really made me happy uh, to, to get very film nerdy on y'all. It was so cool to not know anything about these movies. Because what's crazy is I didn't have any of the Ghostface killers spoiled for me. I went into these movies cold. I knew so little about them. And so to be able to understand, oh, this is why so many horror fans ride so hard for this franchise. This It, it makes sense. But Jerry O'Connell gives an awesome performance in here because you understand where he's coming from he wants to go ahead and be there for his partner but she rightfully so has this ptsd about being able to trust people and i i think y'all will know what i mean because i experienced this with uh, with my partner where when something is wrong with them like in their life you want to fix it so badly because you love them and that's where Derek is. Like Sydney is so tortured and so scared to let people in and so scared to just live. Like she's trying so hard to move past all this, but 
you know, this, this it's like a fucking cloud hanging over her. And, and Derek wants to be there for her. And it's so sad but amazing the way that uh, O'Connell and Campbell both play their roles to fucking perfection, honestly. And, and then you have the whole thing in the back of your head as the audience going, well, the last time she did date a guy, he ended up being Ghostface. Fuck, like, can you ever date again, you know, after... After going through uh, the events of the first film, it, like it's fascinating the way that the film goes ahead and plays with all these questions and gives you these red herrings that make you go back and forth about who is the person behind the mask this time around. Speaking of people I didn't expect to be in this movie, um, fucking Timothy Oliphant is in here as Mickey, and uh, okay, so Timothy Oliphant, I. Like many of you, remember seeing him in The Boy Next Door. That was my point of reference uh, for him for years. So that would have been, um, oh my god, when was Girl Next Door? 2004, so I would have been a junior in high school. Oh god, I'm old. Uh, but that's my point of reference for him for, for so long. And then going back and seeing him in this, first off, he, he's kind of like Paul Rudd. Where, yeah, he's absolutely, he's gorgeous in this movie. I, I have a bit of a man crush on Olfant, I'm not going to lie. But he, like, he was a good looking guy when he's younger, but he actually looks better now that he's older, you know? Like, he's a ridiculously handsome man. He, he would be, he'd be a great Reed Richards. Just just throwing that out there, but I digress. But, uh, yeah, I fucking, can we get Olfant on Star Trek? He'd be a great Star Trek captain. Holy shit, can we? Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's make that happen. But um but Oliphant is kind of the hunter in this movie in the sense that he is a total film nerd making all these references and I just found myself going, "Oh man, I would be best friends with this motherfucker if I knew this guy in high school or in a uh, college." And the moment I felt like that, I went, "Oh god, he's go fa- he's ghost faces me." <laughs> And yeah, the, the the movie makes no makes no qualms about it. He is uh, he's the main ghost face in this. And what I really appreciate about, uh, appreciate about the reasoning for why he's ghost face is it's it's such a it's such a cinema nerd reason. You know, being influenced by the movies, and that's why we have the fucked up thoughts that we have. It's a fascinating notion because, to, to date myself here, I, uh, I'm i old enough to remember when the first Grand Theft Auto came out and um, the whole um, uh, the uh, video game board, like the FS, uh, S, uh, the S, the, the ESFB or whatever, um, you know, when Hillary Clinton was saying video games are the reason why Columbine and things like that happen and which... Come on, y'all. Really, we're, we're still trying to spin that fucking narrative. But but him and Randy, played by Jamie Kennedy, who I can't believe... Like, the fact that these movies made me like, like Jamie Kennedy outside of Malibu's Most Wanted, which is fantastic, by the way, and the classic uh, rap song, Rollin' with Saget. Um, <laughs> I, outside of that, I think Jamie Kennedy is goddamn awful. Like, Son of the Mask is one of the worst sequels ever made. At some point, I'm going to review Son of the Mask, because I, I remember seeing it when I was a kid and, and even thinking, God, this is bullshit. <laughs> but, but Randy and Mickey have this incredible conversation about life imitating art, and it's some of my favorite dialogue 
in the whole series. And it's it's a fascinating chess match between the two of them. And I, I, I could never prove this, obviously, but I think there's a small part of Randy, given how smart he is and how familiar he is with horror tropes, that he's... Mickey's at least on his radar for being Ghostface. And it's a really interesting juxtaposition that they have having that conversation um also timothy olfit kind of looks like a handsome freakazoid uh <laughs> in this movie which which made me laugh really hard when, when you see the hair you'll you'll know what i'm talking about so i do have to talk about courtney cox because i feel like courtney cox is one of those actresses who cougar town is horribly underrated by the way i would just like to throw that out there but between Cougar Town and like she's she's great on there. Um, she did this FX show Dirt that I think a lot of people forget about. Uh, Dirt was a fun show. I was actually really bummed when they when they canceled that. But um, but yeah, Cougar Town is yeah Cougar Town's fucking amazing. And I've heard I've heard Shining Veil is really good. I haven't gotten around to watching it, but that's uh, that's on the list. But I'm a huge Courtney Cox fan. And what's amazing about Gail. And she's, she's such a bitch. She's such a bitch. And after going through this insane experience being hunted by a serial killer, you would think that she would understand to not poke the bear and maybe not do this type of journalism. But she doubles down on it. And that's where it's so fascinating to see how much she sucks. Because it speaks to the com- um, not just the commercialism of... Uh, of things like this but the way that we fantasize and the way that we go ahead and we elevate these serial killers how you know she's she has a tell-all book that's coming out about it um you know that's gonna go ahead and really make her an even more prominent news voice and unfortunately this is how a lot of people do it you know some people start on tiktok talking about how you know women shouldn't have have abortion rights and then you know a year later they're working for fox news like people people love to go ahead and be a piece of shit because unfortunately that's that's what fast tracks a lot of people um once once uh sydney is aware that there's a new ghost face on the loose it's so funny how quickly gail's like oh my god we won't do that tragic event that that was so tragic thank god we survived oh so there's a new person who's ghost face (laughs) and it's just it's amazing the lack of shame honestly is borderline inspired because she just her give a fuck meter is just broken and she just does not give a shit but it's oh my god it's so funny how quickly that switch flips from somewhat sympathetic person that you might like right back into being a newswoman where as long as she gets the story that's all she fucking cares about it's amazing amazing how how she just turns back to that person and sydney has maybe my favorite burn in the whole series here she's flat out goes you're a money hungry fame seeking and forgive me for saying mediocre writer who's got a cold storage shed where her heart should be i was like god damn and again she's not wrong um actually this dude Wait, is that Dewey who says that to her? It might be Dewey who says that to her. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to David Arquette in a second because, um, l- l- let me, let me see. I, I, I can't remember if that's actually Sid or if that's uh, Dewey. Um, oh, I think it is. Oh, I think it is Dewey actually who says that. 
Um, so actually, that leads in perfectly to to David Arquette. So I so first off, savage fucking line, fucking savage line, and the way that Arquette delivers it is just fucking perfection. But but something that I really love about Dewey this time around is that him and Gail's relationship is more complicated because they have a foundation as far as going through some shit before, even, you know, and, but this time the situation being even more dire. And in particular, do we have a confidence about him realizing that? Yeah. I had a thing for Gail. It's kind of like when you have a thing for someone and maybe they just blow you off and you go, Oh, all right, cool. I'm going to do my own thing. And then they want you. Uh, the way that Dewey comes across, he comes across more confident. He comes across more charming. He comes across more capable, and that was really something that I that I loved about Arquette here. And the way that he is really the one above all else, giving it to Gale, <laughs> phrasing. Uh, <laughs> but the way that he is checking her on the fact that look, Sydney is trying to live her life, and you keep bringing the shit back. Uh, up to the surface, yeah, she's dealing with this horrible situation with Ghostface again, but she doesn't need you there to be to act as a multiplier for her stress and her anguish. And it's really great the way that Dewey checks Gale. And, and Gale, Gale, Gale likes it. Like, she'll she act all offended, but Gale is, is very much in her brat mode here, where she's like, oh, no, 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 like, no, go do it again. Um, but... Arquette just nails this, and re-watching it, I was sitting there going, man, it, it this really does feel like an Oscar, like a Best Supporting Actor-worthy performance. And again, I know that the Academy hates horror, but goddamn, if there was any time, if there was a time in the 90s to definitely have elevated a horror movie into the Oscar consideration and the Oscar discussion, it should have been screamed too, because this just, it, it, it works in a way that, um, I really don't think people give enough credit for. I will say too, not to get, uh, to just bring up a few more things. Randy's death in this movie fucking broke my heart. And that is a credit to the, to the film itself. Um, Dewey's death in Scream 5 is just, the most depressing goddamn thing. It still makes me angry <laughs> that that uh, that that happened. But Randy's death, because Randy was so much almost like the Agent Coulson of the screen movies, where he was very much like kind of like the the audience and the way that he wove throughout the friend group as far as keeping everyone informed about what could potentially be coming because these horror tropes was a really fun engaging thing that made him feel important and so not only to see him killed but to see him killed in broad daylight in the way that he was um that's something about that's something that the movies in particular get better about doing as the films go on is is kind of reminding you that hey just because it's daytime doesn't mean Ghostface won't kill your ass, and I, I really appreciate that. But the, the kill of Randy is fucking depressing, and I just, it really made me mad. I, I and I have to give the film credit for actually making me pissed off that Jamie Kennedy of all people, you know, fucking got killed. It, it kind of would have been like if I cared about Paris Hilton getting killed the house in the House of Wax, and the only reason I know that is because I haven't even seen the fucking movie, but I just know that everyone. 
that I talked to saw it, that was the first thing they bring up. They're like, oh man, Parasol gets killed in it. That's fucking awesome. And I was like, god damn. Like, I know the simple life sucks, but whew. Uh, I am going to bring up one more kill before I wrap this up. Um, Cece, who is played by Sarah Michelle Gellar. Um, I, I fucking love Sarah Michelle Gellar. I, I'm such a fan of hers. Um, obviously, I know what she did last summer. Uh, you know, Scream 2, Cruel Intentions. She's such a cunt in Cruel Intentions as Catherine. It's amazing how hot she is and how evil she is in that movie. I And and The Grudge is fucking awesome. Like, I haven't seen The Grudge in a while, but The Grudge is... She's great in that movie. But her death in particular, there's this ghost face jump scare where he jumps out of a closet. And that shit caught me so... <laughs> That shit caught me so off guard. Um, scared the absolute hell out of me. But then on top of that, the actual kill is Ghostface just going, yeah, I'm, I'm through. I'm through with you. I'm, th- I'm through playing around. And just throws her off this roof. And I went, wow, Ghostface fucking sucks. Like, it's, oh, it's such a great kill, though. Um, I, getting my final thoughts here, this is legitimately one of my favorite horror movies ever. I, I love this movie. It's my favorite of the saga. I I just I have so much fun with this movie. And the realization of Mickey being the main ghost face and then something that you find out about her mom, which I'll uh, I'll leave that. But the the fact of the matter is um oh yeah, and I didn't even mention uh, Leap Schreiber's uh, Cotton Weary, uh, which is there's a fun there's a fun uh, subplot with his character that I really like. Um, this movie just keeps the red herrings f- in rhythm in a way that I went, man, I'm actually going back and forth thinking about who Ghostface is. Uh, I pretty much had Oliphant pegged, but every so often they would throw something in there that'd go, wait, no, 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 it's still Oliphant. Like, but it would make me second guess, and I have to give the movie a lot of credit for that. Um, I just... I dug this so fucking much and it will be the screen movie i rewatch um really every halloween moving forward um i i th- i i think once you've seen them all you don't really need to like you don't have to go back through you know in fucking order like you can just kind of pick and choose so i'll probably watch, i might watch scream 2 again tomorrow uh, or on halloween honestly i i just i dug this so fucking much and i had so much fun and the actual final third act um, between Sydney and Ghostface. Something that I really like about this movie is it reminded me of you remember on uh, you remember that show Cheaters? And I can't remember what the host's name was, but remember how they there was one episode where him and the girl who hired Cheaters they confront her former <laughs> partner. And his his uh the girl he's cheating with on this uh on this fishing boat, and the host got stabbed. He got stabbed with like a fishing knife, and I remember like he you know he lived thankfully, but he he even said like I went to started taking you know like uh I, I can't remember if he took taekwondo or what he took, but he he got uh to like martial arts after that. He's like I want to make sure I can defend myself. And Sydney, between this interaction with Ghostface. It's great because you can tell that she's been taking karate or, you know, or martial arts so that she can protect herself. And it's actually a really good message to not let something as fucked up as it is, to not let something like that break you and and, and, and find a way to turn it into something good. And Nev Campbell, she deserves the best actress 
uh, nomination for this. I, I'm dead fucking serious. I, I think this is her best performance in the series. I think she is sexy. I think she is terrifying when she needs to be. I think she is strong when she needs to be. She's vulnerable. Um, she's inspiring. Like I, I just I love Nev Campbell in, in in this fucking movie. I think she absolutely nails uh, Sydney. And this is the benefit, similar to. You know, seeing like someone like Scarlett Johansson and like throughout her MCU tenure, or uh, uh, you know, even Chadwick Boseman in the short amount of time that we we had him as a as a T'Challa, where you get someone who just gets this role, the the role that they're in, um, while the returns definitely diminish on the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. That those first three, uh, Johnny Depp is in his bag in those fucking movies. So it like it's it, there's a there's an interesting kind of almost multiplier that can come with familiar uh, familiarity of a role. Um, you know, Daniel Craig, uh, by the time we get to Skyfall, Skyfall, he's fucking awesome as Bond in Skyfall. I, that's peak Craig. And even uh, No Time to Die, um, while it's not perfect, he's great in it. So it's really cool to see how Nev Campbell continues to evolve the character. And I really hope she comes back for Scream 7. I I, I hope that fucking uh, whoever's making them now, I think it's Miramax. Um, but I really hope that they realize that she is fucking Scream and to pay her accordingly. She's fucking amazing. Why would you not? We just had Jamie Lee Curtis come back because of, you know, for three Halloween films because um bloom uh, blumhouse realized what an asset she was and you can't fucking have <laughs> you can't have halloween without fucking lori so it I, I will say that while i enjoy scream six and i enjoy the shit out of scream six it's very frustrating to me that nev campbell isn't in it so hopefully these ceos can pull their head out of their ass uh, also pay your fucking writers and your actors by the way um because the sack strike is still happening as i'm recording this but um, yeah, I, I, I just, I adore this fucking movie so, so much. Uh, this is a fan-fucking-tastic of the highest degree. Like I said, probably my second favorite horror film ever, um, behind, uh, Get Out. Uh, I, I, I love this movie. Yeah, long live Scream 2. But, uh, yeah, y'all, Scream 2, have you seen it? What'd you think of it? Let us know in the comments. Uh, you can follow yours truly. Uh, you can follow the show on YouTube. Uh, just go ahead and search the real pineapple. You can follow me on Blue Sky at realpineapple.bsky.social. Uh, got a question for the show? Got a review request? Uh, let me know. Uh, go ahead and shoot me an email. Shoot me an email at jhunter at therealpineapple.com. That's R-E-E-L pineapple. You can follow me on TikTok at jhunterrealpineapple. Follow me on Letterboxd at Black Shazam. And then uh, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, uh, like, share, and uh, rate it. It definitely helps us out. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, TuneUp, and Samsung Podcasts, to name a few at The Real Pineapple. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Um, um, heading into November, we're going to have a review for the Marvels. I'm going to actually go back and rewatch Captain Marvel. I haven't rewatched Captain Marvel in like eight months. So I think I'm going to go back through rewatch that, see what I think about it. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and rewatch that. I have a re-review for that. I'm going to go ahead and have a review for the Marvels up in a couple weeks. That comes out on November 10th, I believe. So I'll have a review up for that. 
Um, I'll have a review up here soon for Killers of the Flower Moon. I think I'll probably get a screener for it. Uh, otherwise, I'm waiting till I, I'm waiting till I uh, it hits a. Uh, Apple TV Plus, because I'm sorry, y'all, it's like 31 degrees here. I'm not going out to the theater if I don't need to, <laughs> let alone for a three and a half hour fucking long film. But uh, going to have reviews up for for those. Going to have a review up for uh, Invincible Season 1 and Season 2 here in the next couple weeks. Um, I'm really excited to actually watch Invincible. I haven't gotten to it yet. I'm going to get to uh, uh, the boy spinoff uh, or the uh, Gen V. I'm going to get to that at some point. Um, not sure when, but I will have a review up for that at some point. And then, uh, I'm going to probably just restart it, but, uh, Nick from the afternoon tune, shout out to, shout out to Nick and Josh, but Nick has been on my ass about watching warrior season one. I got halfway through it and then other shit got in the way. So I'm probably going to just start warrior, uh, over, uh, uh from, uh, from the start. Cause I do want to get back into that. But uh, yeah, got a, got quite a few reviews coming up, and then in December I will be uh, not only streaming by that point, but I'll have a I'll have twelve days of uh, real holiday reviews. Uh, I haven't decided what the twelve uh, films uh, episodes are going to be, but I'll let y'all know as we get closer uh, to the holiday season. And I'm going to be hopping on Twitch here. Um, I by the time you listen to this, it should be Halloween, so. I might be on Halloween night. If I am, I will share it out on socials, but I will be hopping on at the very latest uh, this uh, upcoming week. So um, by the time you hear this, uh, it'll be November. So I'll be I'll be probably going live maybe next weekend uh, at the latest, but I will keep you all updated on that. But everyone, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe. Take care of each other. Go ahead and get your COVID and, uh, booster and your flu shot. Um, we're heading those winter months, y'all. I want y'all to be safe. But again, thank you for your support. And don't forget, as always, to keep it real. Oh, 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 oh,